Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome to the first official Just Around the Corner podcast. I'm Dan, I'm a Dave, and I'll be your host every Tuesday at 3 o'clock as we discuss the Light of Day organization both here and abroad across the uh, ocean and down in Asbury Park, New Jersey, because Light of Day is everywhere, thanks to Tony Pellegrosi, Joe Derso, Rob Dye, and the crew down in Asbury Park. For those of you that don't know me, uh, I own Danima Creative Group. That's where you get the Danima Dave, but I was also a DJ way back in the day. So although I'm a wee bit nervous today, this is something I did for about 25 years, but there were people in front of me, and normally I had a, a drink in my hand <laughs> over the river and uh, doing weddings and so on. So that's a little bit about me. I've had uh, Danima Creative Group for... It'll be 25 years this year as well. So uh, Danima's uh, actually a proud sponsor of 4680Q. We're going to be fixing up the website and making her look all shiny and new over the next uh, few weeks. So look forward to that. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, I want to give you a little bit about what this show is going to be about. So Light of Day Canada is near and dear to my heart because I've been going down to Light of Day. Let's see, down in Asbury Park, probably 15, 16 years and uh, I first found out about Light of Day because I'm a Bruce Springsteen fan. And Bruce is a big part of Light of Day down in Asbury, or at least he once was. And he really helped them out and helped them raise a lot of money back in the day. And uh, I got involved, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that coming up. But I got involved thanks to a guy named Mike Menervini. I'll tell you the story shortly. Uh, I personally am just back from the swamps of Jersey. Myself and 10 people from Niagara Falls went down to uh, Light of Day Winterfest. And I'll tell you, when you go down to Light of Day Winterfest, when you come back, you got a fire fire in your heart and under your butt because uh, you want to help, you want to do what you can. And it was a great motivation for us. My son actually played at the Stone Pony for the fourth time. And uh, everybody came down and watched. It's a, it's a full week festival of music. And one of the things that Light of Day does is it raises awareness and money for Parkinson's uh psp als here in canada we also raise money for cancer and it's all through the power of music and that's part of what this show is going to be about it's going to be about the history of light of day the next couple episodes i'm going to introduce you to tony pellegrosi the executive director down in asbury park that'll be next week uh we're going to do a little history of light of day canada today and my special guest today will be rick rose and a I'll uh, fill you in on how Rick got us started and all he did for us. He's uh, been a mentor to me and uh, means a lot to Light of Day, and that's why he had to be my first guest. And you know what? He owns the radio station, too, so that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't hurt. Uh, so uh, Light of Day Canada, uh, I'll give you a little bit of background on us and how we started. Um, well, first I should back up and give you a quick overview of uh, Light of Day down in the States. So Light of Day, what is it? Well, back in 1998, Bob Benjamin, and uh, this entire story will tell uh, through all the episodes, um, it's based on Bob's dream. So back in 98, um, Bob's birthday was his 40th birthday. They had a party for him, and he said in, in lieu of presents, he'd like uh, people to donate. I think it was the uh, Parkinson Society. Uh, he wanted everybody to donate there. They raised about $2,000, and then, of course, Joe Derso, like he does, and Tony Pellegrosi came up with a great idea. Let's start the Light of Day Charity Foundation, and they did. 2000 was the first show. Since then, they've raised over half a million dollars. I bet you it's clear, 
close to 650 now, 600, no, sorry, 6.5 million dollars right about now after last uh, week's unbelievably successful Winterfest uh, started. I think it starts in Philadelphia. Anyways, I should have I should have done my history beforehand, but it's 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 about 10 days of shows, uh, most of them in Asbury Park, but they also play in New York City and Philadelphia and, and certain other uh, places. So it's 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 an amazing festival of music all day, all night, but the amount of money and awareness they raise inspired me from the beginning and continues to inspire me. In fact, we didn't know what we were doing with Light of Day because, you know, we had a hiatus, COVID hit. We actually had Tim Hicks uh, ready to go for the Meridian Center in 2020, and then the world changed, and we had to uh, cancel that and put Light a day on hold. We did a virtual show in 2020. Actually, Rick was part of that. We raised about $18,000 for the cause uh, virtually. We had everyone from Tom Morello to Steve Earl and one of my favorites, Rusty Young, on that show. Uh, hopefully you guys watched it and participated and donated to the cause. Um, but uh, since then, though, we haven't had a live show. Our last live show was actually just down the street. The Seneca Queen Theater was the final live Light of Day show we've had, and that was with Southside Johnny and the Asbury Dukes. Uh, it was in an ice storm, and Dave Hodge was supposed to be the MC, and they turned it over to me, and I was the MC that night. But it was a it was a great night. Uh, a few people had to pass on it because they couldn't get here because of the weather, but otherwise it was a fantastic uh, show. But it's been a long, long drought, and going down to Asbury Park. Got all of us, uh, myself, Sammy Grasso, Charles Harrison, Gord Hunter, all our crew. They got us all fired up, and we're ready to go. We've got plans for the fall. Those plans and those updates will be uh, given to you as they come to me uh, over the next several episodes. Uh, we do have, and I want to mention it now so I don't forget, we do have a Light of Day charity show coming up at the Canal Side Restaurant in Port Coburn. It's actually Evan Rotella and Rick Rose and Friends, and it's uh, February 11th at 8 o'clock. You can get your tickets right there at Canal Side, and uh, all the proceeds will go to Light of Day. Since uh, the Southside Johnny show, we've had songwriter shows, both virtually uh, as well as live at uh, Camp Cataract and uh, Big Texas. So we've continued to raise some money, but uh, not the big bucks that we uh, we were accustomed to. So that's something we're working on now. We're looking at a big show in the fall with some great artists. So uh, look forward to that. You'll hear more about that uh, shortly. So I want to give you, before I bring on my first guest, I want to give you just a little background on Light of Day Canada and how it got started. So back in 2007... The, the actual story was I was cutting the grass, headphones on, and phone rang, and stopped the mower, and it was a friend of mine, Mike Menervini. Mike said, hey, Dave, have you ever heard of Light of Day? And I said, well, yeah, every Springsteen fan knows what Light of Day is. And, well, Mike had been down there a couple times, and he'd got to know Joe Durso. Joe is uh, the president now of the Light of Day Foundation in Asbury Park and a good friend of ours now. Um, and he, they had just talked about maybe doing a show in Niagara. And he called me up, and he knew that I had done some events uh, with the place I had worked at before, uh, as well as being a DJ and putting on my own events. So he said, you want to try this? And, you know, at first I was a little nervous. I had never put on a concert. It was a pretty big undertaking. And then um, I also, at that time, Danima Creative Group, my business, one of our clients was the great Joe Grusecki uh, in the House Rockers from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Joe just happened to be 
one of the bigger lighted day artists. In fact, he's, uh, you know, I call him Mr. Lighted Day myself. And probably the main reason why Bruce showed up all those years, well, he was a client. We had just finished his website and I talked to Joe and he thought it was a great idea. So we decided, okay, we're doing this. Now, this was August of 2007. We wanted to do this show in December. We had three and a half months to prepare a show and really we didn't know what the hell we were doing so we enlisted a couple people that we knew did one niagara's own funny man probably the funniest guy in this town mr mark matthews a great guy great comedian with a huge heart and somebody i had followed my you know from high school on and Chased, chased him around, watched a lot of his shows, hung out down at the Fallsway, probably when we weren't even drinking age, and we'd go check out the Rick Rose band. So we, we called up Rick, and we all got together, and we had a couple, um, couple meetings down at the NFCVI Auditorium, which is where we held the first show. And Light of Day was born. These guys helped us. They t- basically, anything we needed to know from production to ticket sales, to promotion, they helped us with. So I think we do a really good job now, but if it wasn't for Mark and Rick, we wouldn't have Light of Day here in Canada. So I appreciated everything they did, and that, that's one of the reasons why Rick is uh, the first person on the show, because without Rick Rose, there's no Light of Day Canada. And, uh, you know, the other thing is, if, you, if you've been to Light of Day, any of our shows, if you've been down to the shore and seen them there and and been involved in the, uh, not just the shows themselves, but just the the festival and the community, Uh, you'll you'll realize that all of these guys have something in common, big hearts. And Rick's got one of the biggest. And, uh, you know, being a fan, it was great uh, to have him. Um, But the knowledge that Rick brought to uh, Blighted Day is... uh, it was incredible, and, and again, like I said, I don't mean to keep repeat myself, but it's the reason we are here today. So without further ado, I'd like to bring on my first official guest here at Just Around the Corner, uh, Mr. Rick Rose. Rick, how you doing? Good, Dave. How are you? Good. i got to bring your level up. So I'm just getting used to this board and getting you're used doing, to... You're doing a great job. you got uh, you got the feel. Like you got... Well, I think some of that's the nerves coming out of me. I listened to a great job that Ryan Lund just did with you. And, uh, but it's uh, your DJ background. Like, you, you got it. I'm hoping. It's going to be a great series. Yeah, I'm thinking, uh, you know, one of the things I didn't mention to people here, Rick's obviously our first guest, but one of the things I want to do is bring on light-of-day mm-hmm. artists, musicians, bands, uh, have them play. Uh, Rick's going to actually play a song for us live, uh, interview them, play their songs, uh, find out what they're doing, uh, learn more about uh, Parkinson's and cancer through some of our partners, bringing those folks on. We might even bring a few fans on, but the, yeah. the big thing is going to be bringing on some of these uh, artists and uh, and letting you folks out there get to know these great people that have done so much to raise money and awareness for Parkinson's, uh, PSP, ALS, and of course down here, cancer. So Rick, now I know somewhere on my sheets here, I've got some questions for you. Sure. (laughs) So I think the first question I want to ask you is I I know, you know, most people here and if they listen to Ryan's show just before me, Mm -hmm. most people here, uh, they know who you are and in your history. But there might be some people listening from my uh, world that might not know. So can you just give us a 
Give us a history of Rick Rose, the Rick Rose mm-hmm. band, where you started, what you've been doing, and maybe yeah. a little bit about this place, because I love what you're doing here yeah. at 4680Q. Well, I mean, there's a lot that's happened. I'm, I'm, again, I'm going to be working on a, a new website, and a very timeline-based, because it's been a an ongoing thing since the 70s. It was, you know, the five of us basically started. My brother, Fred, Johnny DeJulie, which is Johnny D, Frank Panessa, and Pat Cassiano, who was Lennox. Right. And we just were young kids at, at Vignet, which now is St. Paul, and it was, it, we just started dreaming because we were big record collectors and magazine collectors. We were avid cream, hit parader, and circus magazine, mostly me and Pat. And it was just a fantasy to be rock stars, and it started off that way, and and before you know it, it became a reality, and then before you know it, it was became our lives. A few guys have still dabbled in it, but a majority were still involved. Johnny went on to do very well with his honeymoon suite career. Pat's got a band now called Driving Rain, fantastic band. They're playing out. They check that out. Yeah, they're playing Ivan's Bar, Regency, Moe's. They're they're very good. Pat's an amazing drummer, heavy hitter, very much like Grand Funk's drummer, Dom Brewer. That was his influence. Frank Panessa lives in uh, Oakland, California. He's got two kids, I think. And he's, uh, I don't think he's coming back to Canada to live or anything he we did a reunion yeah. and from that band my brother is um you know with me my trio my band and from there we just sprouted out we it just took us to playing all across the canada year i went to been to europe uh japan we toured we put out singles we had record contracts publishing deals uh worked with many Giant people, the Hall of Fame people type, Mick Ronson. I was going to say, you're Jim Steinman. Little, little, little aside here, but you've got a something in common with uh, one of the big light of day artists, Joe Gosheck. Yeah, because yeah, Mick Ronson produced Iron City Hour House Rockers. Him and Ian right. Hunter. So now, did you know? I, I, sorry to interrupt, but did, did you know the Iron City yeah. House Rockers before Light of Day? Yes. Well, I, they're, they're, I was a fan of their work because I was a fan of everything that Ian Hunter and Mick Ronson produced. Okay. That's, That's what you do. I mean, Mick produced two of my records, three of my records. He produced Lennox, Perfect Affair, and Rick Rose. He was part of all my three bands. He was a good friend. He believed in me very much, and he passed away. But Mick did Iron City Hawk, House Rockers, uh, Blood on the Bricks with Ian from Montehoople. And they really like, he, he likes, those guys like the edgy voices, Springsteen. Mick's a big Dylan fan, Bruce fan. And he, he uses Danny Federici and Gary Talent on a lot of uh, Mick Ronson's productions. Okay. They, uh, J- Jim Steinman used them on Bad Out of Hell. He used yes, Bruce I remember Dan. reading those liner notes and yeah. going, hey. Those, are all, those are all Mick Ronson's and Jim Steinman and Tyrone Ungren's fan, uh, a group, well, a group of musicians. Steinman was a big Springsteen fan. I saw yeah. the documentary. I didn't favorite, know best, favorite album on the run when we spoke that we had a lot in common and the way we approached songwriting. And he was just... He was just Born on the Run, he says, was the gospel to him. And well, and that's what he wanted Bad Out of Hell to be. He says, yeah. is that he wanted it to be his Born to Run. He wanted his Born to Run, and he hit it. Yeah. Very, probably one of the best albums in the history of music. Yeah, it, it, when you first saw that cover and the name, you thought, just, this isn't going to be any good. Masterpiece. Now, and, um, it, before you go any further, I, I, just a little aside um, again, is uh, back in your Lennox days, I actually delivered papers. On Stanford Green Drive to you guys while you were practicing. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I think uh, that was at the Julie's house? Uh, Julie was in Rolling Acres, and Pat was on Swayze. Well, who was on Stanford Green? 
uh, uh, Julie. Oh, Stanford Green was... Uh, Stanford Green Drive. Stanford Green. Off of Dorchester, because I used to deliver papers there. Oh, that's Frank Vanessa. <laughs> okay, because I remember going to the door, and I could hear you guys playing. Yeah, like, that hey, that's Lennox. And Frank, that. Frank, that was, yeah, that was... Great band. So you've been, you've been part of some really good bands. Yeah. In the past. Now, what about now? What's uh, uh, Now I'm just trying to... I'm going to just be... Uh, I don't want to call myself a folk singer, just a singer-songwriter, very... Open guitar, vocal, a little bit of arrangements, nothing too busy. Because I'm in my age, you know, I'm in my 60s, and and I knew it was going to come to this day uh, earlier than I thought. I mean, I just remember I always tell people I was in Cranbrook, B.C., where I fell in love with the sound of an acoustic solo guy. This that sound I used to. We were playing there with the band Lennox, and right, right in the mountains there, right on like 90 miles from the Montana border or North Dakota. And I was on my breaks. I'd sneak out to go to this little tavern, and there was a a guy singing, and um, I was—I always just there was a feeling about this guy sitting on a stool, and he was right in the front window. And there I am with two earrings and a scarf, and just looking like a, <laughs> looking like a total doorknob, you know. Well, I'm sure at the time. Oh, uh, that, that's what—that's yeah, what you had to do. But I just knew, like, well, who am I fooling here? This is—I I, this is like Halloween on a Friday night in Cranbrook. I got scarves that go to the floor and earrings. A little bit of a little three, Stephen look. Three inches long. It was just—it was so glam that. Yeah. I started feeling very awkward about myself, and and I leaned more towards that folky thing. And over time, I said, one day that'll be me. And it came sooner than I thought, and I really enjoyed it. And then, I mean, don't get me wrong, I still like the band, but there's something about just let the let the music do the talking. I was never a big showmanship. I'm not a David Lee Roth guy. I was, you know, I, I even tried wow. being a lead singer for two years. I was just a frontman, no no instrument. I just jumped around like Rod Stewart and. Well, I'll tell Mick you, Jagger. back in the day when we used to hang out at the Falls Falls, Falls Way, right? Man, I that, think we were underage at the time, but I remember going to watch you, and you were like our yeah. our cougar, our Springsteen. Yeah. You had the saxophone, and that place was you jammed that place every week. Well, and, I did. Uh, I did what I wanted to do when I left everything behind in Toronto moved back. I said, I'm just going to do what I want to do. We, we, when we practice, I'll tell you the guys the songs and we do our own renditions. We were never a good, good bar band. We were terrible. And, and no, you put and, on a show. We put on a show. Yeah, which is totally we, different. We, we made it our own. That same yeah. thing. I'm, I'm, I've read that about many people. Bono was like that. Bono said they, they would never make it as a wedding band or a bar band before they became famous because we didn't, we didn't have the patience to sound like the Beatles or Mata Hoople or T-Rex. Right. And we were the same way. I would just tell the songs, okay, tonight, guys, we're adding uh, Louie Louie Louis, Louis to the set and we're adding uh, Walk on the Wild Side. What are the chords? Don't worry, I'll tell you when I start. And that, uh, <laughs> and that was all communicated. Best, best way to do it. So it's, I would lean it over tell my bass player. My bass player would tell my brother. My brother would signal over to the drummer and say, it's four on the floor. We, we had our own way of code of conduct on stage. And I remember bringing Matt Keegan in and he goes, we, can we practice? No, we, we don't practice. What do I know to play? Just, you know these songs. So you didn't even practice? No. Well, we practiced. We got to the point where we spent enough time to know enough to get us on stage. But right. we started improving so much. We were doing the fish thing way before... Fish was around. Fish was around. And because it worked for us. Right. It didn't work for many other people. And then we tried to do the, the real generic thing get the song right on dead on you know the same ending the same double chorus and it just it, it just didn't work yeah now those were some those were some good times you know and it, it worked everywhere we went you know we, so I, I felt you know this combination of musicians 
but I had great musicians. Rick Rose Band was a well. Who was in that? That's what that my was brother. Be my question. My brother Fred and Kevin McDowell on guitar, and his brother Mike on the drums, and Brian Braxtone on bass, who was the he played on the first Honeymoon Suite album. Brian, he played on the New Girl album, and then John asked him if he would like to join Honeymoon. He said no, I'm staying with Rick, and he moved to Niagara here, and he stayed with my parents and I, and uh, we worked on the Rick Rose Band. And we so our very first light of day that you uh, miraculously helped us pull off at the end of CBI Auditorium. You know, I, I had it in my notes just to mention. It was actually December 9th, 2007. And I don't know if you remember, but it was a storm. It was like, yep. are you kidding? This is our first show. It's on a Sunday, and it's a storm. You know, mm-hmm. and so I think there might have only been about 300 people at the NFCBI. I remember that, yeah. We made a couple grand. It, it was a great show. We had Joe Gershecki. We had Willie Now. We had oh, yeah. Joe Durso. I remember Joe Gershecki uh, wasn't really happy with the monitors. Um, yeah, <laughs> I always no, remember that. We can never get those things right. I mean, it's just... <laughs> but you you were there. Um, I think that was, yeah, we had Ron Sexsmith. Ron Sexsmith, yeah. Was Ron LaSalle at the first show? I think, he, I think he was. I think he was at first and second. I love Ronnie's music. Ronnie's great. Ronnie's great. Hope you're listening, Ronnie, because we're going to be having you on yeah, and playing some have, of your uh, new stuff. Mutual friends in Nashville, me and Ron. Yeah, he's a great guy, great but, writer. So for that show, with all these great musicians, who who was in your band? Oh, we also had the Mad Hatters that night. Um, it was the it was the Rick Rose so, band. So was the, the, the original? original? We did a reunion because of Ron. Ron was my bat, my opening act for many years when I discovered him. Well, I didn't, didn't discover him. I stumbled upon him one night. He came to see us play at the old Montebello Inn on St. Paul Street in St. Catharines. Oh, okay. It was a very rough bar. It was called Kevils then. And there he was, he was, in the, he was sitting down by himself with his bangs, you know. And a, uh, <laughs> nothing bangs. like he sounds like. He had that look about him. He had very Scottish looking. Yeah. Very quiet, very kind, very very well-mannered kid. And, and he, had, he said, can I, he had his guitar. I said, can I play? I said, absolutely. What's your name? He said, Ron Sexsmith. I said, Cool. What, you, you want to just you want some accompaniment? No, no. Just I'll plug in myself. And then when he started singing, I, singing, I looked at Kevin. Kevin looked at Fred. Fred looked back at me and said, "What is happening?" The guy's voice. It was just so, so unique, right. rich, wholesome. Uh, the phrasing. It was like Ray Davies meets Otis Redding meets. Uh, Nick Cave, like it was like everything was going on, and I'm thinking, my God. I said, Do you write songs? Oh, yeah, I, I write them for you. Like he was very soft spoken. Then he ended up being my opening act for a year or so. He really? opened up for me at the Horseshoe when I opened, when I did a show for RCA Records. I still got all the all the all the flyers for all that stuff. Really? Yeah. And then he went on his merry way, he moved to Toronto, and he did very well. But I remember. For that Light of Day show, you asked if I can get him because he had some big fans in Jersey. And I told right. Ron that. I called him. I said, you got a big, these guys, yes, from, these writers. Chatting with him and oh, even in Nashville when I was down there, I had a, a writer friend, Monty Powell. He just thought the world of Ron. He thought the guy is like, you know, the next Ray Davies. What's he doing uh, these days? Sorry? What's he doing these days? Ron, he's, he's got to just release a new album. He's, okay. out, he's touring. You uh, mentioned that earlier. I think he's touring Europe right now or America cool. as well. And he came out and... Um, well, I remember you guys rocked the place, and uh, people were quite we did, impressed. And uh, and then I had a great time. Had a version. With, I invited Ron up for to sing. Got to serve somebody. A Bob Dylan Bob song. Dylan. We're both we're big Bill, Dylan fans. Me and Ron. And Ron joined the Rick Rose band. We traded out verses. He got a little bit, not angry with me, but he got a little bit. He goes, <laughs> Rick, you don't forget Bob Dylan words. 
You shouldn't be. I said, sorry, Ron. Sometimes they get a mind blank. Okay, <laughs> Listen, I, I think I've seen Southside Johnny miss words oh. uh, of his own songs many times. I said, many that's, times. you know, like I said, it, I, it happens. It happens. It's he goes, well, definitely. come on, man. You can't do that. Like, And he, he made it known. It and Dylan has a lot of lyrics. I remember we oh, did that Bob Dylan show down at the Camp Cataract. Evan did, Evan did Like a Hurricane. It was 11 oh, yeah. damn verses. Yeah, it's, it's like a uh, <laughs> record of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah, it's yeah. another one. But that's why you got the iPad. Yeah. Now, listen, before I got a couple more questions. Before we do, I'd like to, uh, because there's a lot of newbies out there, and they're wondering what the hell light of day is. What do you mean by just around the corner? Uh, obviously, lyrics from mm -hmm. the song. So I want to I wanna play um, Light of Day, but... The version I'm going to play is Joe Gershecki and the House Rockers and Bruce Springsteen prior to the American Babylon album coming out, which was produced by Bruce Springsteen for Joe Gershecki. Uh, Patty played on the album, Nils played on the album. Uh, it's, it was the album that turned me on to Joe Gershecki because I had heard Bruce was producing it, so I started listening to yeah. it and was, was blown away. Well, uh, they had, Bruce had actually toured with him as the guitar yeah. player in the House Rockers. So yeah. Bruce wasn't a front man, Joe was. And they did a version of Light of Day that Joe just put on the 25th anniversary of American Babylon, which, folks, if you get a chance, go to JoeGoshecki.com, buy the CD, buy the album, buy them all. Uh, everything you think man's done is great, yeah. but this album is the best. So I just thought we'd take a little break and we'd listen to a Light of Day from American Babylon. Here's Joe Gershecki and the House Rockers and Bruce Springsteen.
They're back, folks. That was Joe Grushecki and the House Rockers, good friends of ours, and Mr. Bruce Springsteen with a Bruce Springsteen penned song, Light of Day. Now, a little history on the, the song, Light of Day. Uh, Bruce actually wrote that for, uh, it was the title track of a movie called Light of Day with Joan Jett and Michael J. Fox, quite ironic, uh, with the way things uh, turned out there with uh, Michael. Uh, Joan Jett did an amazing, amazing version of that. And, uh, you know, they named Light of Day uh, the charity after that song. And it's been a it's been an anthem uh, for fighting Parkinson's and PSP and ALS ever since. And if you've been to a Light of Day show, you'll know that our finales are epic. We've had some epic finales singing that song. And I've been up there a few times after a couple extra drinks during the evening and jamming with uh, everyone from Roddy Piper to uh, Joe Grushecki, Steve Earle, and and on and on and on. So we got Rick Rose here in the studio again. Uh, Rick is uh, the owner of 4680Q, the radio station you're listening to right now. Also owns uh, Nioma, the Niagara Institute of Music and Arts, a great school here in uh, Niagara Falls where he teaches young and old uh, how to play instruments and uh, become rock stars uh, just like Rick. So, uh, Rick, welcome back. Thank you. Welcome back. Thank you, Dave. Well, before we close up episode one, or the pilot episode, whatever you want to call it, of Just Around the Corner, mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about your experience with Light of Day. And uh, can, you, can you think back and, and remember that snowy December 9th day in 2007? Oh, yeah. What do you remember sure. about that? And even the, whether it be the planning or the show itself, what do you remember? I, it, was, uh, it was great. I mean, we were all, it was new to all of us. I leaned on Mark Matthews for help, which he always comes through. Yep. You can always call Mark for help or a favor. He's just a real gentleman when it comes to that because he's really good with, or, he's just great at many things and uh, and we needed him up. He, great at EMC, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, EMC. He was our MC, one of the best MCs he, uh, we had. And he was just, because he, he, he comes from, that whole organized background, you know, when he managed the Yuck Yucks days and being yep. a comedian and traveling all over and working comedy clubs and same way like me, I've traveled all over, but on the music side and he came with with no um, no with no interruption or no hesitation to I said, can you help me? He said, absolutely, let's go. What, what are we doing? And I said, okay, we got to make this work. This is what we got. Yeah, we got to save these two fellas. Uh, yeah, I said, uh, we got to get a sound system here. There's really no budget for that, but we got to do what we got to do. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, there was lights there, stage. Uh, there was green room, all that. And then I, we made it work. We made it work with the money that you had budgeted and allotted for. And, uh, you know, we came together and did it. And I remember it was very snowy, cold. <laughs> But people that, looking for parking on Epworth yeah, Circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> figure out parking, how hell do we parking park. Parking was terrible. It was and, terrible. But there was a certain magic and electricity in the night, knowing that this was going to lead to I don't bigger know, and better no, things. Yeah, bigger and better things. Or it was my old high school auditorium, so yeah. it was kind of cool uh, yeah. being there with some of these stars. And uh, and it was know. great. It was just the start of a very successful thing that you kept alive through all the years. And I'd watch the growth of it, and I'm thinking, wow, this is getting crazy like well a little history do you know that light of day canada had the biggest light of day show ever the meridian center was the biggest show yeah, ever held for light of day. now we haven't made the money they make of course but uh we've raised about half a million they've raised about 6.5 yeah. so but it was uh, that blue rodeo show was uh, that was big show. that was there in uh 
how you branched out to Kingston, Toronto, and the growth. London. London. Hamilton. Hamilton. You know, and that's that's great. That shows that shows that you're doing the right thing. And well, we, we we keep trying, and uh, like I said, when you go down to Jersey, I mean, you 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 can be here going, I don't know, do we keep this going? It's been a long time, and maybe the flame's gone, and then you go down to Asbury Park, and it definitely lights a fire yeah. under your ass. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the air. Yeah, yeah, I can. Okay. <laughs> there's, no, there's no CRTC. No CRTC. Okay, no. so it it definitely does, and it, a little behind the scenes, I don't know if you remember this, but you're the one that got us Ron Sexsmith, and at the time. I have to admit, I'm, I'm I had a very closed mind. I was I was all you know this. I'm I was all California music and all Asbury Park music, right? And you know I wasn't really open to a lot of the Canadian music. Not that I didn't like it. I just you know no. I was, my focus was elsewhere. And you brought in Ron Sexsmith, me not knowing just how big he was and just how great he was. But Ron had a writer, and that was the first time I had ever encountered a writer. Didn't know what they meant until that day. And we put together all this stuff, and it was all health food and stuff. He had all this stuff that he wanted, and we ran around like chickens, finding everything. And he had his own room. Mm -hmm. And if you recall, all you guys, every other musician was upstairs. Mm -hmm. And we had kegs of beer, pizza and wings from Yanks, Niagara. Right? It was like, it was, and he walked in, and he was alone. He was going to his room, and he said, what's that smell? And I said, oh, it's guys are upstairs. They got pizza and wings and stuff. He goes... Can I go up there? I'm like, yeah. hey, what about the stuff from your rider? Yeah. <laughs> and there he was. He went upstairs and he was eating pizza and wings. I said, yeah. I could have just bought more pizza and wings. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a great guy. He's a. How did you know Ron? This isn't a question that's, I had, but how did you know him? That's a, I think I was telling you earlier. Was that with Ryan? He was our. I found him in a bar. I no, found him. Must but be telling Ryan. I was listening to that show. And uh, he, he was uh, he was in a bar in Wall uh, St. Catharines. And he asked if he can play on one of our breaks, and I invited him up to sing while we took a break. And he ended up playing with Rick Rose Band all over Southern Ontario, dates, Toronto, Orger Tavern. And oh, sorry. When you said he opened up, that's who you were talking about? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm reading. I'm. I'm also reading as you're talking, trying yeah. to get myself ready for the next. Segment. Yeah, no, that's how he. He, he just. Oh, okay, okay. He he came out to see the band because we were the band at the time that was very active, and everybody wanted to check us out and he came and he became a friend well uh, he's uh, I think uh, Paul McCartney just loves Paul McCartney love Costello him. Elton John they just oh, love yeah. him the guy from Coldplay oh yeah he's loved it. he's just he is he is a great writer I mean oh, for sure the his way music, he phrases stuff Excellent. I'm thinking how the hell I mean we're from the same town almost he said oh no he's saying yeah I think Athens I'm not your fault yeah yeah I said but what were you listening to but he said he was a big 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 Nielsen, uh, and Harry Nilsson and the Ray Davies family oh and Neil Young. You Coconut. Know, you know, so like, but Harry Nilsson's got some of those melodies. And I heard somebody the other day that sounded just like him melodically and that timber in his voice. I think it was Ray Davies, Pretty Flamingo. Mm. I got Pretty Flamingo. The way around, yep. the way he does his thing. Yep. It's very unique. Uh, he was he he was great he he really was but I just I just found that funny it was like okay we bought you all this stuff and then you left all that stuff and went upstairs and ate pizza and wings <laughs> it was like yeah. that was my first lesson of really people don't use their rider we're just buying yeah. it yeah, just, <laughs> they're taking that home for the family that's just what they that's just what they do but. so you've been you've been involved off and on so folks you know, yes he he helped us get this thing started and yes the rick rose band played our first show but rick's also played acoustically 
uh, I think your band played again, mm -hmm. another show. He's played our songwriter shows. He played our virtual show. Uh, what, what's your favorite memory of Light of Day? It could be Light of Day Nag related to Canada. Yeah, there was a couple. I think the ones that stood out, uh, That the one was... We did a show up at uh, the uh, uh, um, the bar the, ho the, the up in the room there. That would take the elevator up, and you had to take an elevator to the sideways. Oh, elevator we up. did the songwriters at up, the Hilton, the at Hilton the Watermark, the Watermark up there, oh. and it was a really good night. That was a Sunday afternoon. It was Sunday the afternoon. it was actually after light of day. Right. And of course, I stole that idea from Light of Day Foundation. <laughs> That's very, but yeah, we had it, and the backdrop was like the falls. The so falls. It was really nice. But what made it really cool? There was a guy that you had play that night, John Eddie. John Eddie. Oh, we, we loved had, Eddie. We had something in common, which, and he remembered me. Which one? What was that? Well, John Eddie was managed by Tommy Matola, okay. who went on to be president of nope. Columbia. Yeah, Columbia, exactly. Columbia now Sony Music. And I went to Tommy's office, and he had the the, the, the little RCA dog there because he was uh, right. he had Hall and Oates and RCA, and he made so much money for RCA they gave him a, it was like a gift or something. But it was something to do with John Eddie was while well, Camp was managed by Tommy Mottola at the time, Hall and Oates, Carly Simon, and that girl Vanessa uh, Vanessa Black girl, I forget her name. But John Eddie was somehow involved with Vanessa Williams. Matola, Vanessa, um, no, okay. The other, no, no, another name. That's okay. And then, then we got talking. He remembers the demo. I think he even heard my demo, and that was a big fan of his first album. Right. Not knowing that we we bump into each other in the elevator. Because Rick Rose, oh yeah, with Tommy. I said Tommy Matola. I was down there. I, that's I did when not know that. I drove down there with Pete Methner, a fireman, fireman friend. Well, Pete, me and I, we had enough money to get. Gas to New York City, drop off my press kit to three places. Tommy Mottola's office, which was Champion Entertainment. I knew the guy there. Pat Ruskasi was working for him. I went to Ivan Walters and another office. And we drove right back to Canada. We just dropped those three off and drove right back. Really? Didn't even stay overnight. We just That was our mission. That was our We were the courier service to bring my three press kits to these three people. And that John Eddie came up and his name came up in conversation and, and we we write very similar and then we got talking and it was just like a blast in the past and he did well he had three cuts with uh, kid rocks cut his songs well i think he's yeah he he made his you know fame and fortune with that john john is actually one of my favorite later day artists of all time and his writing is incredible we got he's got some big fans down here bill if you're listening bill prayetti my son we, we love john and, he, yeah. and it, his his lyrics, especially you know, in the last couple albums, you know, the uh, it's it's got a very John Hyatt yeah, yeah. type. You know, it's got a little a little bit of humor. He's a very funny man. By yeah. Way, if you ever yeah, follow yeah, him, yeah, very Facebook. very upbeat. But very... his his writing uh, is is some of the best writing in music, I think. And I I wish he did more. Uh, but he was supposed to be the next best thing. In fact, yeah, on was. his album Brand New Me, he, he writes was, he writes yeah. about that. They had a lot of high expectations for the guy, but you know that's showbiz and. And the other one was when I did the duet with Rita Carey at the when you did at oh, right, Fruin right. Theater. I'm very good friends with Rita, and um, she was a great host. She, we did a duet, and I remember I said, "Rita, I got this song. I've always wanted to sing a duet version with someone. And it's, it gives me goosebumps." And do you know it? And I said, Seven Spanish Angels." Go Seven Spanish Angels." You mean the country? So I said, "It's not country. It's it's, it's <laughs> Ray Charles and Willie Nelson. It's a beautiful song. The melody. It's just about losing." People, you know, it's just right. the lyric is just so mystical, magical, 
and we did a, a version of Seven Spanish Angels in um I recall. It was it? And those, you know, I mean, but everything was great. I mean, there was so many. I mean, no, but you know what? I think that's one of the things that I, I want to come out of this show too. Is I want, I want to, I want to share some of those memories that you yeah. guys had and we had. I mean, you bring those two up, and I mean, not too long ago, it was about a week and a half ago, talking to a friend of mine online, and he said one of his favorite moments was that sh that songwriter show at the Watermark. Yeah, it was it was a magical afternoon that I, I remember to this and I remember the response I got from my version of Ain't Even Done With A Night. Right. I, I had this really cool acoustic version. It always works. Wherever I go, I pull that out and it works. And memory Grishecki and Willie Nile look at it goes, wow. They, all, they, all they said was like, god damn, like how, what made you think of doing it like that? And I said, I don't know any other way to do it because I can't, there's no keyboards, there's none of that boom, 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 boom. Right. You know, this Ain't Even yep. Done With A Night. It's a, it's a great song. One of Mellencamp's best. And I said, I turned it into one of my own. They said, you know, John Mellencamp's got to hear that version. And it was just, it just works. And it always works. Like sometimes you, you, you create your own version of something and, well, they this, work. This could be a perfect segue. It's up to you. So next up, you're going to be the first performer to perform live here in the studio for me. Yeah. You can play whatever you want. But I mean, hey, if you want to give that a shot, I will tell yeah. you. Uh, I know he's listening. My son. Uh, he was just getting into the guitar and stuff back then and he was at that show and i'm pretty sure that's why he started playing that because yeah. he plays it to this day he, he played play that song he's been playing ain't even done with the night since he was about 10 oh jesus because of you yeah i'm pretty sure Ev, I, I don't have you here but uh, i i yeah, will yeah. Uh, check that up but well, i'm pretty sure because he everybody loves that version yeah everywhere was... i go you'll hear them go who does that like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a version. And I'm thinking, okay, the song was a semi-hit. It wasn't the hit in his no, life. No, they got him moving. They got but it was, it, 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 moving it, on the charts. It, it, it transpired into a lot of people's growing years. And it was just a, listen to the title. It ain't even done with a night. Like, well, oh, it, it says it all. Yep. Yeah, it was a great, great tune. So you want to play yeah, something yeah, for yeah. us? Sure, I'll do that one, yeah. All right, I'll so do, I'll uh, turn my mic down. You don't need to hear me. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm quite excited. Uh, my first in-studio performance is uh, the great Rick Rose. Enjoy. Yes, all right. Hold tight. 
It's time to go home But I ain't even done with the night being my first guest and uh oh, thank for you for asking me that's well it's uh, like i told you we wouldn't be here talking about light of day if it wasn't for all your help and uh you know i'd, I'd be remiss if i didn't mention uh, this really uh, actually got started by mike minervini i mentioned it earlier but mike was the catalyst he got this thing going i've i've kept it going over the years but uh that's with a lot of help from a lot of people, uh, mm -hmm. including yourself. So thank you, Rick. I thank appreciate you, Dave. It. Yeah, anytime. And thanks for uh, everybody tuning in to uh, our first episode of Just Around the Corner. This has been a lot of fun, a little nerve-wracking. And as you can see, I probably asked Rick uh, the same question twice because I'm reading as I'm going along trying to figure this out. But, uh, you know, we'll get this all working perfectly over the next uh, few weeks. I really enjoyed myself. And uh, one of the things about Light of Day is that uh, – it, it tugs on my heartstrings, and it's something I love. And uh, so, talking about light of day is going to be very easy. And uh, you're going to you're going to hear from a lot of amazing musicians, like I said, with big, big hearts. So next week, you can join me for my guest, uh, the executive director of the Light of Day Foundation, Mr. Tony Palagrosi. Tony P, good friend of ours, been an incredible mentor. Uh, learn a lot from him and Joe Durso. Uh, they've been great to us over the years, uh, great to us when we go down to Asbury. So looking forward to having him really tell you about Light of Day and, and, and you know, the, the details, the nitty-gritty of what Light of Day is and what it's all about. And so I'm looking forward to having Tony. Uh, I was going to end the show with Light of Day, right? I mean, it's called Just Around the Corner. But today was a special day at the Rotella household because my son, Evan, I just said my son, my son, Evan, uh, released a new song today. It's uh, it was produced at Impressions uh, Recording Studio with Mark and Miles Rogers. Great guys, uh, doing amazing work. Uh, they've been doing a great job on Evan's debut album. Uh, the song is entitled "Happy to Be Here." It's a title track from his uh, upcoming debut album, featuring Frankie Pietrangelo, who was a light of day uh, performer many many times. A good friend on piano. 
We got Mark and Miles Rogers uh, on the uh, Mark playing drums, Miles playing bass, and Nicole Sermonero, one of the great guitar players from the Niagara region. She's also on this album with Evan on acoustic and uh, harmonica. So enjoy this song. This is the well, I want to say premiere, but the world premiere was actually yesterday. Somebody's phone is actually ringing in the studio. What a great way to end the show. I think it's Rick. Anyways, uh, this was premiered yesterday on Stephen Stanley's show, Northern Wish. Thank you, Stephen. Ladies and gentlemen, the new song from my son, a little nepotism here to end my first show, but it's very apropos. This is called Happy to Be Here. Evan Rotella. Enjoy. clouds Some days feel just like rain But you wake up in the morning And it's all the same Some days I thank my lucky stars Some days I'm howling at the moon No matter what I go to bed and pray to God that I'm here tomorrow afternoon But sometimes I complain about the things that gone bad About the things that I want About the things I never had But I never give thanks For the things that I got For the people around me And the people that are not I'm happy
I got to hand it 